Hello, Barry William Meredith here for this episode of the Freedom Series live stream session with none other than uh, marketing extraordinaire uh, and head coach of the Game Changers, Michael McNeish. And we're going to speak all things how marketing uh, can provide you freedom in your business. And I'm really curious to understand how that works. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Barry. Great to be here. So great. So tell me, mate, uh, before we talk about who you are and what it is that you do, um, marketing, freedom, what's the connection? Well, I believe that every business owner needs to be able to market themselves, be able to market their business. And that's an essential skill in order for them to actually create the life that they want. Most people get stuck in their business because they either don't do any marketing or they don't understand how to do marketing or they're using agencies, consultants, freelancers, whoever, and they're not getting the results that they want, which affects their ability to grow, which affects their freedom because they can't get what they want without it. So I, I strongly believe there's a strong connection there. I want to unpack this so much because this is a subject that's close to my heart. And I know some of the game changers went through for a long time. Like we tried to, in the beginning, you know, eight odd years ago, we tried to outsource our marketing, oh, more than half a dozen times. Mm. And I reckon it cost us at least a quarter million dollars uh, in both fees for marketing agencies and ad spends and in lost opportunity as well. And we found that eventually uh, no one could do it as well as we could do it. And the really interesting thing was, is that back then I would not have deemed myself as a marketer. I still don't deem myself as a marketer, but there was a fundamental key that I feel that we were missing uh, as a company back then. And I felt that the marketing agencies were missing in terms of their onboarding and asking the right questions. And it's something that I still see marketers today miss and overlook, like just because you can jump on and post a Facebook ad that gets some likes or comments or maybe gets you some opt-ins doesn't mean that you're a good marketer and doesn't mean that you're necessarily hitting the nail on the head. Hmm. Uh, welcome to all of you who are joining us now from wherever it is across the world uh, on this live stream series, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube or LinkedIn. So grateful that you're here. Uh, we want to make this as engaging and interactive as possible. And we're not just here for me and Mark to have a great conversation because we can do that on our own. We're here for you guys. So throughout this uh, throughout this this interview, this this conversation, uh, please feel free to jump in the chat and type any questions you've got. I've got Rafi uh, from my team who's monitoring the multiple channels, the questions, the comments. Uh, we'll certainly send them through to us. So if you've got any marketing questions, any questions at all about all things growing businesses and uh, freedom, please jump in the chat, let us know. And also, I think this is going to be a hot conversation, Michael. I know that uh, every time we chat, I'm always blown away by your depth of knowledge and understandings, which... Our clients are as well. Uh, so start a watch party. Let others in your network know what's going on because they will get some gold out of today's session. So Michael, marketing freedom is something that's fundamentally overlooked. And I guess from my perspective, I love your insight, is that I kind of see there's a couple of different types of business owners. There's the accidental business owner that all of a sudden somehow finds himself in a business. And they're the type of people that typically don't have to necessarily look for work. The work comes in next next minute they're kind of like a sole trader or they might even have a few staff and they've got all this work coming in and they don't really probably see marketing or sales as something to work on until uh, their referrals dry up which we know happens mm. uh, their word of mouth kind of dries up or there's a shift in the economic times or a virus from china virus yeah and they're like all of a sudden it's like shit this thing that they've never thought about which is a, a constant pipeline of qualified leads just dries up and, and then all of a sudden they're in business, they have overheads to pay and they have no freaking idea how to do it. And then there's the other type of person that kind of goes in, maybe strikes a bit lucky, um, maybe put some ads out there, 
but eventually same thing that kind of dries up either way I think that every business needs to be in a position where they have a, a consistent pipeline of qualified leads. Hmm. What do you think the key, the key thing is? I know there's many, but what do you think the key thing is that prevents businesses from having a consistent stream of qualified leads or prevents agencies and marketing agencies providing it for their clients? I think there's two different answers. Right. I think the answer for the business owner and I think there's an answer for the agency. So we'll start with the business owner. Yeah. I think, funnily enough, the answer is not what you might expect. Okay. And I think the answer actually is that they don't identify themselves as a marketer. They don't... The business owner? Yes. They don't see their role as the marketer of their business. They see them as either the operator or the owner. And they kind of push away that identity. Whereas I think it's important that you've got to, you're in the marketing business. Everyone in business is actually in the marketing business until you identify as that, as that I am a marketer, then you're going to consistently struggle with marketing because it's not who you are and it's not how you see yourself. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're the plumber, you're the electrician, you're yes. the, the yoga instructor, you're the personal trainer. Like, we don't start a business unless we're a marketing agency. We don't start a business mm -hmm. believing we're a marketer. And I'd be curious to know for those of you that are watching right now, jump in the chat, let us know, like, do you see yourself as a marketer? As, a, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, do you see yourself as a marketer? Jump in the chat. I'd be curious to know. And what's also interesting is a lot of business owners want to work on the business, right? We speak to many, many of them. I'm sick of working in the business. I want to work on the business. And that example that you gave, I'm a, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm an accountant, that I am statement, that word is in the business because the word indicates what you do or what the business does. But if you say that you're a marketer, you're actually working on the business because marketing isn't the, the deliverable. It's the yeah. function of working on your business, on your strategy, on your tactics, on your, on how you're going to go to the market, because that's a function that you can't just hire, you know, Joe Smith off the street to, to do the work for you, to, to do that for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to the, the agency, maybe potentially why they struggle. So they obviously identify as a marketer, right? <laughs> they, they should. Yeah, well, um, I hope so. You'd hope so, um, but a lot but, of but them, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. but maybe, but maybe they don't identify themselves as the market of their own business. Well, usually they suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like the, it's like the plumber with bad pipes at home, you know. Like you, yeah. you, you know, they're very good at helping other people. But there's a big like anyone who can can create an agency, anyone can do that. If you've done a, a very basic Facebook ad course, you can say, oh, "I'm going to do an agency. I'm going to do that for people." Right. So there's a, there's a huge discrepancy of quality between you know an agency who's like doing the do maybe just doing traffic maybe all they're doing is uh, i'm going to sell out some ads and send them to your website but that's not marketing no. that's no. not marketing and so you've got to be very careful who you trust and who you who you go with to do that but i think the big missing ingredient from an outsourced marketing like agency is passion they don't have the heart that you do. And so when you're putting your campaigns together like, and you're writing words, as the business owner, often you can connect more. You connect more with what you're trying to say. And I've seen people who aren't the best writers in the world, aren't yeah. the best graphic designers in the world, and they put something together, but they're so passionate about who they want to help and who they're serving that it works. All right. So we, we've, we've started to, to, to go down to the world a little bit. This is great. Uh, welcome, Tom, Anna, 
Uh, Kylie, nice to see you guys here. We've some questions coming through too. We'll get to in a second. Uh, so again, I guess there's two parts here. Like we're speaking in a game and we're speaking out a game. Yeah. Uh, I see I see many agencies, um, and this is no disrespect to marketing agencies. We, we work with many agencies, both uh, as a company, but also have many agencies as clients as well. This is just generalization. And maybe some indication if you are a business owner right now that's tried to outsource your marketing, uh, why some of it is your fault, but it hasn't worked. And some's not your fault. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, or is your responsibility, isn't your responsibility is probably a better language uh, pattern than fault and not fault. But I guess there's the inner game aspect, which is like you said, like we've had funnels, like I've had one funnel, we just got our fifth two comma club award for it. That means we've done more than $5 million in sales through one funnel over three years. We're just updating it now. We haven't touched the thing for three years because it's worked and it's ugly as all hell. Uh, the copy's written by me. There's no doubt spelling mistakes and grammar uh, throughout that. You're nodding because you know that it's true, right? But the reality is, is that it was written with spirit. It was written with heart. It was written speaking to our clients from us as, as business coaches, right? Uh, versus I've seen some funnels that look beautiful. They look amazing. They just don't convert because they haven't got that same feeling. And I, I, I think as human beings, like when we read a piece of copy or when we see something, we can feel the energy that went into it. So there's that aspect of inner game, but then I think there's the outer game part, which, which, which you haven't got to just yet. I know you're a huge fan about, which is around niche offer and message. Like you can fill out a marketing company's onboarding form around who your target market is. But the reality is you as a business owner, you should know who you're speaking to. You should know like, like what product or service you have, what problem that fixes in your prospect. You should know where they're at. And, and that's something that's very hard to articulate to a marketing company in the first week they come on board and expect them to get your business. Right. It's, it's different to outsourcing someone to, to create some graphics for you or put a funnel together or write some copy. Like you need to know who you're talking to and you need to know what problems they have and how you're going to fix it. 80% of the results come from understanding your target market and creating an irresistible offer to attract them. The 20% that is remaining is the stuff that you typically want to outsource yeah. because that's the, the implementation, the tech stuff. Yeah. And if you are going to outsource the 80%, the niche work and the offer, you've got to pay a lot of money for that because yeah. that is actually the hard work. That is the research. That is the, the strategic approach. And so quite often when you're dealing with an outsourced marketing agency, they rarely spend enough time with their clients to, to dig deep in there. Yeah. And so like when we're working with people and they're going through their, their target market and their office, they're able to go to a, an external agency and get results because they're, they're outsourcing the implementation, not the, the thinking behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Like for us, whenever we as the game changer into a new market, like no joke, we would spend one to two full days on, on a niche document understand the demographics and psychographics of who we're targeting. Mm. That's before we even get into offer. And mm. I think, a lot of people jump straight into ClickFunnels or WordPress. They try to build something that looks great. And it's like, oh yeah, that should work and wonder why it doesn't work. But yes. like you said, 80% of it is understanding the, 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 the background behind it, not so much the mechanics of the, the look and the feel of the funnel. Um, yes. I want to jump to some questions. We'll come back to that as well. Ah, so Tom, awesome. Tom from Brisbane. Uh, honestly, if I'm new to business coaching, it's tough distinguishing one coach from another. How would Michael make it easier for those looking for his expertise? Great question, Tom. Oh, so if, if I was promoting... If, if Tom's look, Tom from Brisbane is looking for a business coach, uh, and it's a crowded marketplace, let's be honest, like we've been around for a long time now, but unfortunately you don't need to have any certification to be a business coach. Anyone that's got half a brain and can run a Facebook ad, probably not even half a brain, could call themselves a business coach and unfortunately attract clients and 
give them like expert advice on how to grow their business. Yes. Uh, how would Tom distinguish between one coach to another? <sighs> so Tom's a coach, is he? Or is no, he no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, if I'm new to business coaching, like as in finding a business coach, it's tough to distinguish one coach from another. Oh, how, how would you make it easy for someone looking for your expertise? Like how would you make it easy for someone? How would you choose between a business coach? Find us versus someone else, yeah. Yeah, fantastic question. Um, I think the first thing is you want to look at the results that they've achieved. So I think the, the best proof, actually the best sales copy is actually social proof, like actual results that clients have achieved. And that's really the, the main like the main thing I would actually make the decision by firstly, that's the number one. So have a look at the website, have a look at what results they've got and ask yourself, is that congruent with what you want? Yeah. Because that's what they're selling you. That's the result. Yeah. Um, and the second, the second thing is your, your gut feel, you've got to connect. You've got to feel like they're the, they're the right fit for you because when you're choosing a business coach, it's not always sort of up here. It's got to be in here a little bit. You've got to feel that there's a connection and they're actually going to be able to work with you to achieve the results that you want. So like an, an Olympic athlete or a sports person, if they're choosing a coach, they're going to be very selective of who they pick. Yeah. Now, when I say you got to go with here, sometimes you've got to go with here and pick person you may not like because they're going to get the most out of you. Yeah. Right. But you got to know in your heart, that's the right decision. So that's like learning to trust yourself. So my, my, my answer is like speak to some and, and listen to yourself and go, who do you yeah. feel is best and look at the results and, and gravitate towards the one that you like the most. Yeah. And I think too, um, great answer, Michael. I think there's a couple of things on that as well. Just realize that when you are picking someone in that relationship, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a personal trainer, like you're, you're consciously, and, and often unconsciously taking on board their beliefs too. If you're going to be working with this person, they're going to be training you, coaching you, mentoring you based on their experience and upbringing and so forth. So you've got to make sure there's a values fit as well. It's like hiring a staff member or bring on board clients to your business. Like, is there a values fit? Do you kind of believe the same kind of things as well? Do you get a good feeling about them? Have they got proven results? And I think talk to them as well. You know, like I know for us, often what stands the game change out from others is when people speak to our consultants on the phone they're like oh shit no one's ever shared that before or no one's ever asked me those questions before because if clients if clients actually knew what their problems were prospects most of the time they wouldn't need someone but the reality is is often that what they what they're experiencing the business is a symptom of a real problem mm -hmm. and a business coach on a conversation or a sales call a sales consultant on a conversation should be able to ask questions for you to see things differently i think it comes back to that great question that if, if uh, you can identify somebody's, if you can identify someone's problem to them better than they can themselves, they unconsciously and consciously assume you have the solution. So if you're able to ask questions and, and have a prospect or if you're able to feel as a prospect talking to a coach, oh, wow, like no one's ever asked that question. I've never realized that before. Mm. That's a good indication of some growth there for you Absolutely. versus someone just telling you what you want to hear. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Brian commented to the answer before I market. He said, not yet, but working as fast as I can working my way uh, through page uh, through one page marketing plan. Oh yeah, we had uh, we had him on one of the first, uh, Alan Dibb on one of the first live stream podcasts and also on the Comeback Game podcast. Great guy. One page marketing plan is a good book. Uh, Quan said, I'm trying to identify as a marketer and working on it as well. So Michael, someone who might be watching this right now who is a business owner entrepreneur and maybe prior to this conversation hasn't identified themselves as a marketer um, what do you think are some key steps that they can take to start to move down that path? And, and I'd love to know a bit more around why you think that that's important. And if you are watching, 
hit the like button, hit the love button. Let us know that you are watching, that you're enjoying the conversation. Start a watch party, share this with other business owners in your community uh, as well. So Michael, like, what are some steps and, and why is it even important for me to be or identify as a, as, a, as a marketer in my own business? Yeah, let's start with why. I think we'll, I think it's a good thing. Um, kudos to Simon Sinek for that one. <laughs> a little plug. Um, I, I think why it's important is that how you see yourself will determine your behavior. Yeah. So if you actually sat down and wrote the tasks that you do in any given day, any given week, and count how many of those tasks are actually marketing tasks, you mm. probably be, well, you may not be surprised that there probably aren't that many, right? And that's because you've seen yourself as the guy or the girl who, who does what you do and you're getting through the day. But I, why it's important to have the identity is that it helps you to filter through what you're choosing to do with your time. Because mm. all we can do as business owners and entrepreneurs is manage what we choose to do with time. And by making the, and this sort of leads into the what, that if you say to yourself, I am a marketer, what marketing could I do today? Mm. It immediately kind of makes you think about, okay, cool. What, what could I do? And then when you, you make new choices, you open up new possibilities. But also I think the belief system that I am a marketer and I'm in the people business, right? I learned that from Dan Kennedy, that it's really, really critical that, that we are all actually in the same business. We are not defined by the product or service we deliver. Our skill as a business owner is determined by our skill as a marketer. And if we can't see ourselves mm. as a marketer or even decide that's who we want to be, we'll always be trapped in the cycle of doing the do and never have the freedom that we want to actually work on and build businesses. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what do you, if you love that, let us know you love that. That was good. What are some steps to take then to start to, I guess, move down that path? Because I can imagine mm. there's probably many people watching this right now, whether it's live or on the replay, that have tried to outsource marketing and maybe also thought they're getting good results. Like I know um, there was one of our clients who'd been outsourcing the marketing and we spoke to them like early COVID and things were going great. Mm. And the next minute they're reaching out because cash has dried up workflows dried up they had a bunch of roofing contractors that were like about to have no work and they're like mm. we need to to put everything on pause and i was like like heck you do mm. uh and through a couple of text messages back and forth i asked has your marketer upgraded your messaging have they upgraded like you know the conversations they're having to the market he's like no nothing's been touched and i was like well there's your problem the, the whole entire market shifted yet you know your market has been late to the party to shift the messaging to enter the conversations the minds of people that were there and through that that very basic brief conversation, he went back to the marketing agency and said, oh, hey, like you need to update my messaging. Here's some examples I've got from, from my business coaches. And within 24 hours, he had more leads coming in in, in, a, in a six hour window than he had months prior. And you remember the, the, the testimony yeah, in the group. Yeah. Uh, he ended up having following the two biggest months of the whole last financial year during COVID as a roofer because of that slight shift in messaging in his marketing campaign. Before that, it was going to put the business into hibernation. Yeah. Yeah, huge. Yeah. 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 So what are some steps people can take that have maybe been burnt by marketers before or maybe they're working with a team? Like how can they get the most out of their marketing and start to really Very experience good. that freedom we speak about? It's a lot. And I'm yeah. trying to condense the list into something more practical for people who are listening today. Um, yeah. I think the there's, first some great, there's another great question here from uh, 
Olivia from Perth, which I want to get to in a second. You will right. love that. Okay, we'll go through some stuff. So yeah. I think the first thing is to immerse yourself in marketing books. Yeah. I think you the more you read, the more you learn, the better. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think for everyone listening, I just want to tell you a book right now, a must read. You have to get it. It's called Great Leads by Michael Masterson. Fantastic book. Have to get that book. It is one, it's an absolute game changer right? <laughs> Game changer. Um, <laughs> so please, please, please read that book because it's through reading these amazing books that you're going to start to educate yourself on what it means to be a marketer. Because if I can say, like, be a marketer, you are a marketer and you don't understand marketing. First thing you really want to do is to start to learn it and start yeah. to apply that. So that's the, fir that's the first can, thing. Can I, can I just add too, just one little distinction as well. Like marketing is not just, people make the mistake that believe marketing is just attracting leads for your business. Marketing mm -hmm. is the whole entire position, positioning strategy of your business, which includes attracting top tier talent as well. So even if you're getting you know, a, a high volume of qualified leads right now, there's a chance you're struggling finding good staff. That's but a marketing issue too. You could look at marketing as a business strategy. Yeah. It's a, it's a methodology of, of doing business because if you go back into the production concept where you know, you got you know, build, build as many as you can, you get of any color for that you like, as long as it's black, right? production concept and then you start going you know into features and started making product concept as long as i make the product really good people will buy it and then it's kind of moved and, and it's kind of stayed around in the marketing concept where it's actually about the people and understanding people mm. right so really um books i think the first thing um actually the second thing i want to say is actually decide that you're going to put a percentage of your total revenue into marketing mm. Just, just make that decision. And what I suggest to all of our clients is a minimum, like 4%. If you can decide to put 4% of total revenue aside, that's McDonald's number. Yeah. And if McDonald's can put 4% aside, so can you. Yeah. And invest that. And I always extract that from, say, operational expenses and say, that's investment. It's not an expense. Yeah. I'm investing that for growth. And so if, if I had a, a marketing budget of 1%, that means that you need to make $100 for every dollar you spend on marketing. So you give me a dollar, I'll give you $100, mm. right? That's quite a, a big leap. Yeah. But if, if I make the marketing budget 10%, that means if you give me a dollar, I'll give you 10 back. Yeah. And I think 10% is actually a better place to be for most small businesses. Yeah. Right? Um, in fact, it's highly recommended to be around 8% in the US. Um, I've been in business where it's 14 to 15%. So it's really that, that fine mark. So just minimum, minimum four, ideally 10%. Ideally of, 10. Of, yeah. of total revenue. So if you think about that, as you said, like for every for every $100 you're investing, you're generating $1,000 uh, in revenue. Now, that being said too, that if you can invest $100 and make $1,000, why would you not invest $1,000? Yeah, why would you not invest $10,000, $100,000? So that's the second thing. The, the third thing in terms of um, becoming a marketer is to actually understand that marketing is understanding of markets and markets are buyers and sellers. So if you're the seller, the missing piece is understanding the buyer. Yeah. So realistically, the best marketing is to spend all your, as much time as possible, understanding your customer. So either surveys or spending time with them or yeah. reading forums and, and really, really deeply understanding them and more than you've ever had before. That's marketing, in my opinion. More so, it's not really the advertising part. The advertising part is tactical. You can do that. You can hire someone to do that. But it's the, the ingrained understanding of people. 
that's where marketing is. That's why when I'm teaching recruitment, I say it's actually marketing because you're, 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 you're attracting people. And that's why I don't believe in B2C and B2B. It's people to people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Love that. Um, if you're watching live, j- jump in the chat and put your questions in now for Michael or myself. I know the chat here. So one from Libya from Perth. Trust is a serious issue in coaching. Hmm. What mix of strategies uh, have you had tried over the years to help clients to open up to be open to tough love? And this is a really interesting question because what people don't see outside of our community is the community that we've created the Game Changers, right? And one thing that people often comment time and time again is a level of vulnerability that we get on our coaching calls and in amongst other members. But the beautiful thing too is when one person shows up and asks something or shares something vulnerably and get coached and break through it, they then give permission to everyone else on the call to do the same thing as well. And it's, and it's, and it's this unbelievable domino effect that happens within our community. Yes. Um, I'd love to know, and, and so Olivia here as well, like what strategy have you used to help clients to open up and also to be open to tough love? Ooh, this is going coaching questions. I yeah. like this. I love like it. it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. All right. What strategies? Look, for me, it's the power of questions. For me, it's, it's if you're familiar, I'm assuming Olivia is probably familiar with NLP and um, metamodel style questions. What, how, who, open-ended questions. And I think that's the most important thing is to be curious. Mm. The more curious you are and the more interested you are in somebody else, the more they're actually going to start to open up and you'll build rapport. And that, that, that principle and that lesson applies to sales calls, applies to any relationship with any person. Jay Abraham would say that if you want to be the most interesting person, you've got to be the most interested. So if you're in an elevator and you're talking to someone about asking all about them, they'll walk away thinking, man, that was fantastic. What an interesting person. Yeah. Right. So to, uh, to, to get anyone to open up, the, the key is rapport mm. before you can actually kind of do the tough love. Yeah. But come from a place of curiosity and ask a lot of really powerful questions. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes tough love is actually not required as well. Um, you know, I when I when I was personally coaching, I haven't coached for quite a while now outside of coaching you guys and the team, but I felt for me like I often would see that clients would shift the most just through your belief in them as a coach. Mm. Before we even get into, like, sure, there's a bunch of other stuff behind the scenes, but I, I felt that was a huge, uh, huge piece of the process is to have that belief in them and that they can do it like and I must lend them, loan them that belief that you had until they had it within themselves. Yes. And the other thing that I'd say too, I think vulnerability, like this is not so much for coaching, but I've noticed you guys as, as a team, the transformation, the transformation, transformation, the transformation um, that we've had as a company and culture, I think initiated through my level of vulnerability yeah. and, and sharing the stuff that's been so rawest and so realist to me at a human level then gives you guys permission to be like, if, I, if I'm showing up with all my shit hanging out, it gives you guys permission to do the same. What I mean by that, like I'm not showing up as a martyr or complaining, but it's like, oh, hey, like I did this stupid thing the other day, or hey, uh, I noticed this about me, me the other day. It gives you guys permission to meet me at that level as well. And we see that with an event. Like if we can get one person to open up or one person to share vulnerably, hmm. it then gives permission to the whole rest of the room, providing that they're, that they're, that they're nurtured through that process as well and coach properly through questioning and through uh, deep rapport yes. and then gives everyone else permission to go shit that was so deep and they shared it look how amazing that and they can feel the shift in the room it's like oh i have something i want to share yeah. i want to go next yes absolutely yeah 
Um, can you give us an example then? Let's kind of uh, bring those two together. Like if we talk Tom from, from Brisbane and Olivia from Perth, um, what's, what's like a, a case study? What's an experience you've had with a client where there maybe has been a bit of a lack of trust coming into to working with you and working within even say the Game Changers program? And maybe there's been some walls up a client that's come in and had the, the lack of trust and walls up and I guess the experience of them breaking through something and what the results been of that. Is there someone that comes to mind, obviously without mentioning names? Oh, <laughs> I, know, I know there's a lot, but it's difficult to kind of pick out because I tend not to focus on the, on the challenge or the, or, or, or how they're showing up in that way. I, I kind of look beyond that. So it's, I don't, it's not something I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm curious to know what, what, what do you think the purpose of this question is? Like, what, what are we trying to, what are we trying to get? You're coaching me. <laughs> like, I'm just... coaching me. <laughs> well, like, I guess, um, no, great question. And um, look how crazy the weather is outside. You notice it was like, you could see the ocean. Before and you could see like... the ocean and man, like there's so much wind and rain yeah. going on here. It's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, I guess for me is is similar to recreate that experience we're just talking about, like a real life example. It's like if we can be vulnerable right now, right now or share something that others can relate to, they're like, oh, everything can land for them in that moment. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I can see how that relates and what he said there can relate and that kind of comes together like that. Mm. I think what comes to mind a little bit is trust. And when you have a client, they're, they're trusting you to guide them through a process. Yeah. And they're trusting you because they don't know how themselves. And if they don't trust you, they're not going to change either. That's right. So the first, the, one of the first things is to usually get a little win under their belt first. So there's some, there's some trust and some confidence. There's some relationship building. I remember one of our, one of our clients about a year or so ago came on board, just started his business. He'd left a, a, his work in the mines and really needed to get cash very quickly in the business. And I worked with him and I gave him a strategy and I said, I want you to do that. And I want you to come back to me with what you got. Mm. Um, he made six phone calls with who I told him to call and he made $32,000 from those six phone calls. And from that point, there was like, wow, this stuff works. And so I think sometimes you've got to give someone a quick win to go, hey, I, you know, you can do this. You can, you, you can get there. Whereas if we start with say, um, a, a long-term strategy where they have to wait, where someone has to wait, um, then it's which, just- Which are often the far more beneficial ones, but not yeah. when you're first trying to build that trust and relationship. That's right. So I think there's a balance. I think you've got to work towards the, the long-term gain and get some short-term wins under the belt because there's nothing yeah. more satisfying than marketing that immediately works. Cash yeah. generation strategies that work. Yeah. I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip the ants in the head too. Um, in in many ways around that, and what I would say, I had a conversation with a buddy the other day, and it was a conversation like, "Fuck, I'm a I'm a I've been working with this health coach in um, Johannesburg, and the results have been exponential. Now the guy is a freak and absolutely amazing, but I I was like, you know what, I'm a good client, yeah. and I was like, what makes me a good client? And we had this conversation, and I was like, you know, I actually think regardless the mentality of, of clients uh, can go one of a couple of ways. One way is they can show up like, oh, like I'm in, I've paid my money. I don't fully trust you yet. You've got to earn my trust. I'm a bit skeptical. You know, I'm not sure about opening up. All well and good, but just realize that that's going to create a certain outcome with a coach. 
and you're limiting the possibility now and you're also making the coach work hard to build the trust and to get that if you've paid the money if you if, if, if you've earned enough trust to sign up as a client go all in I honestly believe it's our job as clients of coaches and mentors and teachers and things like that. It's our job to find the ROI in the coaching, not the coach's job to give it to them. Now, if they're a great coach, the ROI can be exponential. But I look back, like even the shittiest of workshops I've been to or crappiest of books that I've read, you know, like I've never got to the end and gone, oh, I wished I didn't read that. I wished I didn't go to that workshop. I wished I never worked with that person. Now, I did in the beginning. I did in the beginning before I learned what, I, what I'm trying to share with you all right now, which is that it's our job to find the ROI. And so what that means is now, like it's irrelevant. If, if, if I chat to someone, it seems feasible uh, in terms of feasible and logical and it feels right, like we spoke about before, the value is fit, I'm all in. I'm all in and show up completely, completely fully. And I'll always find a way to make an ROI. Now that ROI might be one times, it might be a thousand times what I pay down. And that, that bit varies a little bit on who I'm working with. But the ROI first is up for me to find that. Does, does that have I kind of made that yeah. clear? Absolutely. There are, there are clients that are going to be successful no matter whether they get coaching or not. And yeah. they want to amplify their results. And there's another group of people that I think uh, feel stuck and they don't know how to navigate through and they look for someone to help them break through that. And some people just don't know what they want. They don't know where they are. They're completely lost uh, and they need help sort of building momentum. And reality is we can help people at all levels, but the clients that get the most incredible results are the ones that are going to do it no matter what. I was just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely right. They're going to do it no matter what. They'll find a way. Yeah. And there's that determination with the right help that will see things absolutely soar. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Tom, Tom's like, lol, Michael, he's right. If, <laughs> if he can help me develop some quick wins, he can take my money. Uh well, wow, some more questions coming through as well. Um, comment from Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, how you doing? Uh, hey, Louisa as well, watching. Uh, that's a great question. Am I, am I a good client? Good reminder even for me. Absolutely. Melanie Power, boom. We take ownership of ROI. Absolutely. Like, like we have the freaking responsibility. Like my health coach, every day I feel something not quite right. I didn't sleep well. I'm messaging him. Hey, I didn't sleep well last night. Yeah. And he'll ask me some questions, diagnose the answers, give me a solution. Yeah. But I could easily wait weekly or fortnightly or monthly till we catch up to go, oh yeah, like two weeks ago, I didn't sleep very well. And then three weeks ago, I was craving sugar. And it's like, I'm taking this long amount of time as opposed to leaning right in, asking the questions, allowing to come back to the feedback. And then you get, you're able to course correct a lot quicker and the results are far beyond. Like I've had mates that have joined the same program and haven't yet got the results that I have. And it's not because I'm better than them or because our programs are different, they're suited to us. Mm -hmm. I think it's just how I'm showing up and leaning all in. It's like, if I'm investing my money and time, I wanna get the absolute most out of this that I can. I want to be the annoying client that's asking questions. Yep. But also I want to be the client that's painting him praise everywhere I go, which I do because we've got this dynamic working relationship. Mm. Yeah. Um, Michael, amazing. We have to wrap up soon. Before we do, a couple of last questions. Uh, yes. Firstly, if you were to give some advice to the 10-year-old version of you, knowing what you know now, uh, what advice would you give him? <laughs> Oh, good question. I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, the 10 year old version of me. Hmm. And while Michael thinks about that, if you're enjoying the chat today, please hit the love or the like button. And also uh, I'd love you to share it. Start a watch party. Uh, for many of you know that uh, I've spent the last four years of my life uh, writing down as, as best as I could the last 18 years of my experience, growing my own companies, 
working with thousands of clients around the world, growing their businesses as well to create more financial freedom, time freedom and more fulfillment of their business. And I think we've done a damn good job of that. Uh, our reviews and testimonies certainly say that. And I, I felt it's kind of time to sit down and, and help a lot more people who we can't reach through the Game Changers program. And that was why I, I've invested a hell of a lot of money and time to, to write my first book. Um, and I'd love some support from each and every one of you guys that are watching today through sharing these live streams, through uh, registering to get a copy of your book, whether it's for you, whether it's for your staff as well. I highly advise that your staff reads it too. It'll certainly make your job easier. Uh, growing the business as well, but any help that you can provide for me and uh, the vision that we have to really eradicate entrepreneurial poverty and help to activate the truest potential of all beings, I'd be so grateful and appreciative for the support as well. Uh, thank you in advance. Michael, 10-year-old you. What would I say? I, I, I'd say you are enough and you are loved. Ooh. Oh, damn. It's me right here. Yeah. Yeah, I can feel that. Amazing. Before we wrap things up, I want to touch on something quickly. I don't know if we can do it or not, but we've spent the last, um, the last couple of months as well developing a really powerful tool called the Profit Plan. Yes. Uh, for our members, the feedback has been like far beyond, I think, what you or I could have ever thought it would be. Yes. Can you kind of just explain a little bit around what the Profit Plan is how long have I got? Like max five minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what the profit plan is, it's a way to look at your business in its entirety. So when you're looking at your financial reports inside of, of Zero or Maya, whatever you use, you've got to get multiple reports to kind of see the real picture of your business. And that's even if you understand how to use them as well. You know how to use them. That's absolutely right. And then you often find that you're getting tax bills that you weren't prepared for. You don't really know whether you're on track to hitting your revenue targets. You don't know what lever to pull. So what the proper plan gives you is it's a goal setting tool so that you can look over the past 12 months and help. So much more than a goal setting tool. It, it, well, part of it. It's a, so you can set goals for the next 12 months, but then also track that you're on track or off track each week. In, a long, in, in alignment with those, with those numbers. So you can see what exactly you need to focus on that week or, or that month based on what the, the data is telling you. Yeah. So we create a ritual that we call Money Monday. So every Monday we go through and look at our numbers, we run it through and then we get to see the financial position where we're at. We get to see our net profit margins, our gross profit margins. We get to see the ROI on our marketing. We get to see our estimated value of quotes. We get to see our labor efficiency ratios. We get to tell, tell you how much GST to put aside and how much tax to put aside. So you'll never ever have those problems again. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a, a, an amazing plan to create profit, but clarity. The other cool thing that it gives you is immediate break-even targets. So a lot of business owners don't even know their break-even. So you're going through business with a little bit of uncertainty. So just with that answering about eight to 10 questions, you will get your break-even. Plus with your goals, you'll recalculate your break-even for you. And then when you're doing your numbers each week, it will tell you based on your expenses, mm. your break-even point as you go. Yeah. So it's, it's quite an incredible tool. We've got four versions of it. Hmm. <laughs> got four versions, one for retailers, one for services, one for tradies, and one for businesses who do services plus a retail component as well. So there's hmm. four 
um, very different versions that you can use. So it's been a great project and the, the feedback's been incredible. Yeah. It's basically an end-to-end -end dashboard uh, for your business. And when you talk goals, it's not like, oh, hey, like I'd like to buy my premise by this date. It's like, no, it's, it's specifically related to your numbers, your financials. Uh, and, and as you said, like it tells you with absolute accuracy each week whether you're on track or off track. Yes. And then automatically recalculates what the remaining weeks need to be to get you to the targets that you sent for 12 months in terms of revenue, gross profit, net profit, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the other cool thing too is it seamlessly integrates with the profit first methodology for those that are aware of, of Mike McCallowitz's yes. profit first methodology. Fantastic book. If you haven't read it, absolutely read it. Uh, and also ties in his Fix This Next methodology, which is an assessment tool to understand what to work on in your business when to ensure that you are constantly removing the bottlenecks and moving things uh, forward. So if you'd like any more information around the profit plan, uh, we're unsure whether we're going to re release it public yet or not. Uh, as a paid membership thing. But if you want any more information on that, equally too, I'd like to chat to Michael and myself around potentially joining the Game Changers and working with us. Uh, we'd have to make sure that we're a right fit for you and you're a right fit for us. Um, reach out to us at thegamechangers.com.au and uh, hook up a time to speak to one of the team. More than happy to help you out. If you've loved or enjoyed this episode, please show some love, hit the like button, uh, comment below and let us know what the biggest takeaway was. Uh, Michael, so grateful for everything that you do for me and for us as a team and for our clients as well. I know they're super grateful as well. And you've made such a huge impact on many, many businesses' lives around the world through the amazing work that you do. Um, so grateful to have you on board today. And thank you each and every one of you guys for tuned in here live or watch the replay as well. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. See you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, make sure that you like the Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at the Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before, I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one -on -one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost. If you get through, uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forward and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one -on -one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the opportunity to change the world. And if we can maybe help you to, to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world, uh, you're changing ours in return. The second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the Game Changers community. And so if at the end of the call, you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there, uh, that we fit, feel that there's a great value fit there, we can have a conversation about working together. But uh, this game plan call, there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever. Allow us to help you with uh, the years and years and years of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies 
companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session. Make sure you follow us on social and start to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William McGinnity. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one. Bye for now.